Oh, Lord. We thank you for your love, for your amazing divine love. And we pray that the demands that that puts on us will be fulfilled in our obedience to you. For your glory, Lord. Amen. Amen. If you're not taking your emblems, do it now. Um, I'm standing over this way because I don't want to blind anybody. It's good to be in the light as he is in the light. Um, I'm going to look through from the beginning of John and we'll just see how the, the time goes with this. If, uh, if it takes longer, then we'll stop about halfway through and pick it up again next week. And we'll just see how we get on. It's still looking at the Christmas story, really. Um, the accounts of Matthew and Luke are the ones that we tend to focus on the most. Uh, Mark doesn't mention it at all. Um, and sometimes I used to, well, I can remember wondering why things like that occurred. And it was only, so one thing I can remember learning at Bible college uh, back in the 70s. And that was all about Christological emphasis. It's one thing that stuck with me, the Christological emphasis. And the, the gospel writers show it because Matthew sees Jesus as the king, as the Messiah. And, um, and that comes through in how Matthew tells the stories and the incidents that occur uh, within his gospel. Mark portrays Jesus as the servant. And as a servant, his ancestry is of no particular interest to anybody because he's nobody important. So there's no mention of, of his, uh, of his uh, line of, of descent, whereas Luke and Matthew put that in. Luke sees Jesus as, as the man, the man who came from God and lived among us, full of, 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 of grace and truth. And then we come to John. And John's emphasis um, is, is very, very clear. He sees Jesus as God. And, uh, and it is, it's an important thing because um, the more people I speak to regarding um, the Lord and, and Bible teaching, they don't understand that Jesus is God. They can't grasp that. They decide that we be believe in a God with three heads. People will say that. Uh, the, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But we have a God that we don't understand. If you think you can understand God, then you're the proudest person I've ever met. Uh, you don't need to get too far into reading the Scriptures to appreciate that the God is so vast and, and capable. We, we have ways of trying to within our finite minds grasp his love and, 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 and who he is and what he's about. But we can never really do that. Why has he created billions of planets throughout the universe? Why? All I know is that there's a purpose. I can extrapolate and, and try and suggest things that he could do, but I know that he's done it. Why is it that at the moment... Something that he created or allowed to, to, to be, something tiny and minute can bring so much fear into our lives. 
because it can harm us and it can hurt us and it can kill us, this virus. But he knows all about them. He knows everything about everything. He is God. And as time um, begins to reveal, I, I can remember saying to a prisoner this, this, this week, we were talking about this through his cell door, and, uh, and I remember saying to him, no, I don't remember saying to him because it's just left my head. It will come back. Okay, I'll tell you when it does come back. That's frustrating me now. But in... Lord Jesus. Oh, God. Mighty, mighty God. Oh, Lord Jesus. Maybe I'm being blessed in a new way. He stops me thinking about the things he doesn't want me to say so I can focus on the things he does want me to say. John chapter 1, verse 1. Let's get into what John's actually written down. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, the, what we have to work out straight away from that is who is or what is the Word? And the Word is the Lord Jesus. And everything that, Je that, the, that the Father speaks, Jesus does. So Jesus is an expression of the presence of God. And, and everything that he does, we can see God through him. He actually teaches that. And we need to, 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 to hold on to that. In the beginning, if we go right back to the beginning of the Bible, the first two words, three words were in the beginning. God. In the beginning, God created. And here we've got in the New Covenant, in the New Testament, in the beginning, the Word. The Word was there. In John chapter 1 and verse 18, uh, which is, would be where we were going to end if we ever get there, no one has ever seen God, but God, the one and only, who is at the Father's side, has made him known. So we're saying nobody can see him, but he is real. And that is where faith comes in. We, we need to believe what we hope for, to believe what God has got uh, set up for us and what we, can, what we can know. In John 17, we read, And now, Father, glorify, uh, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. So Jesus can actually speak to God about the past but not just last week or last month, but about before creation. Because that's who he is. That is the person that came at Christmas. That is the one. And that's why we celebrate Christmas, not because it's a nice little story, which it is, but it is the most epic event in the history of the universe that God, who created the universe, became so minuscule that he became that he was able to be planted in the, uh, a, a woman's womb and grow as every human being has. And that's what we've done. Unto us, a child is born. God became a child, but unto us, a son is given. And we have got the, the son of God, who is the child given to us, who would grow and who would be, who would be crucified on our behalf because 
He was the only one worthy. He was, is, and always will be perfect. 1 John chapter 1. It says, The life appeared. We have seen it and testify to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. So the disciples eventually, if you look through the Gospels, the, the disciples, they, they, they're always tripping over things. They're always getting things wrong. I mean, they're such an encouragement when you, when you see them and you know that the, how the story ends. That even despite all their faults and failings and, and, and mistakes and misunderstandings, that Jesus' purposes were being established in their lives. And we don't have to wait till we're perfect. We just need to wait until we hear what God's saying and then we need to obey it. Obedience is better than sacrifice, David, uh, the Lord said to, to uh, Samuel in the Old Testament. So in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. There is no difference between the Father and the Son other than their role and where they come from. My dad is a Christian. My son is a Christian. I hope my grandson will make a commitment because he understands spiritual things. We are all the same. Mr. Spademan. But we're all completely different. And we have been made in the image of God. That's why we are all different, because we are made in his image. We are individuals. There's only one John Parsons. You make it only one John Parsons. John Parsons. There's only one John Parsons. <laughs> we need to celebrate that we are different. We need to celebrate that we've been made in his image. And the reality of Christ in our lives means that we can speak things and God will honor them. Now, I don't believe, just first word of caution, that we can just say anything. We need to know that what we're speaking has come from God. And we're not just hoping that he'll catch up with where we are. We need to make sure that we're in line where he is. Love so amazing is the, is the inspiration. It's not that, that, that we will um, do all of those things that we will fulfill the demands upon us, but it's the demands upon us that make us do that. The emphasis is on the love of God, not on our ability. Verse 2, He was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. It's making it so clear. See, Matthew and Mark, one went one way, the other went the other way. One came from Abraham, begat Isaac, begat Jacob, and went through, and eventually Joseph, uh, and the other one goes backwards and, and goes all the way back to God, uh, which, is, which is a really interesting thing to, uh, to read through. But he was there in the beginning with God. There is no doubt about it. We are serving the one true God. Our understanding needs to be based upon the scriptures. Our motivation needs to be based on the, the, the relevance of those scriptures to where we are. The Bible, as a living word, needs to be consumed, and that will bring forth. That's why Jesus said, remember me in this way. Have the communion. Take of me. You've got to get from it before you can, you can put the seed out there, before you can step out and to do those things. In 1 Corinthians 8, Paul writes, Yet for us there is but one God, the Father, 
from whom all things came and for whom we live, and there is but one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things come and through whom we live. It's just God's purposes being lived out in you and me. And when we do that, people will be touched, they will be encouraged, they will be healed, they will be enlightened, but it needs to be our relationship with God shining through Corinthians chapter, uh, sorry, Colossians chapter 1. For by him all things were created, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together, without him knowing I'm sorry, without him, nothing has been made that has been made, it says uh, in that verse. And, and again, in Colossians, when we grasp this, um, I, I can remember watching a, a, a DVD of, uh, you know, his name will come back to me, but it was looking at the greatness of God, how great is our God. And, he, and it looked out into space, and there's a big black hole, and they're able with the latest telescopes to look right into this, this black hole, and right in the middle they found the cross, which was just an amazing photograph to see. Um, and then he tells a story of how a, a chap came and spoke to him about um, these, the, I mean, I can't even remember what, what the, the words, technical words for them are, but it's the, it's the things that stick us together, that hold us together the things that stop us from just drifting apart into, into, into floating atoms that just keep us connected into, into us as individuals. And, and they, they're able to zoom in with a microscope to these um, little things, uh, lamellin. Is it lamellin? Lamellin. And, uh, and, and, and they're able to zoom in and, 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 and draw a... A, a picture of what they look like, but then they're able to zoom in and actually take a picture. And when they take the picture, it's in the shape of a cross. And it's just just such an amazing thing, these little things. That I, I, I love science. I don't understand it. The, the more I learn, the more I, I don't understand. It's a little bit like the more I know about God, the more I realize I don't know about God. It's just one of those things. It's just such a vastness of love and of, and of power that's there. But the, the scripture said this 2,000 years ago, that everything's held together by Jesus, when science had no idea what that meant. But we know now that there are these molecular things, whatever they are, and they hold us together. And there are billions and trillions of them, and, and just, just holding every part of us together. And, and God made us that way. It's, it's, it's just so, so exciting. And if we just tap into that and step out in faith and just on occasions say, tell people just something that comes like the, the, the chap who I said, read Psalm 22 and then go back to your Game Boy and see what happens. His Game Boy was broken. He was, he was furious that his Game Boy wasn't working. But he listened to me and he read Psalm 22 and he went back to his Game Boy and it worked. And, and, and he, was, he was just so excited that, that that occurred, as it was said. For me, it was, it was I was looking for something to say, but it, was, it, it seemed such an empty thing to say, read Psalm 22. You know, because I knew that by the time he'd read Psalm 22, I'd be a quarter of a mile away at least. And, um, 
But we need to do those things. We need to sort of pass through. We need to let someone know that they are a blessing to us. We need to tell somebody how, how God loves them. We need to let that word <coughs> touch people's hearts and be a blessing to them. We'll just two more verses. In him was life, verse 4. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. If Jesus is light, and he is light as the life of men, we need to recognize that if that's the way that's communicated to individuals, then that's the way that we have to communicate. So that in him, we have life, and that life is the light of men. That they will see in what we say and do. Occasionally, I get asked questions of, why do you do that that way? So, well, the Bible says this and this. All right. Why do you do, why do Pentecostals do things this way? Well, all Christians should do things that way because that's what the Bible says in this verse here. And as people ask questions, and it can be just seemingly random things, they, are, they mean something to those individuals. And if we don't know the answer, we need to say, I don't know, but I'll go and find out. And we need to go and, and give them that answer. Because they come to us, because they recognize that we have light. You have light that shines through you, that is a blessing to those you meet. You won't know that. One of my favorite illustrations, and I never heard anybody say it before I did, uh, so that's my pride coming out now. Lord, deal with it, please. On the day of Pentecost, 120 people had f f um, fiery flames on top of their heads. You know the story? When the church was born, nobody could see the flame on their own head. They could see it on the heads of everyone else, but not themselves. And that is something that the devil will use. Yeah, look, they're all okay. But you haven't got it really. You're just a tag on. They're just being kind to you. They don't really care about you. They don't really love you. You're not real. Jesus isn't real. And he'll use it. But let me tell you that that blessing is there. As you make a commitment to Jesus Christ, that blessing is there. As you desire to, desire to serve him and to follow him, that witness is there. It is there because God has put it there and other people can see it. They think you are better than you think you are. Have you ever come across that? It's true. We are aware of our failings. We are aware when we say silly things. We are aware when we do inappropriate things. We are there and we know the thoughts that went through our minds. We know that that thought shouldn't have been there. Where did it come from? How did it get there? Lord, please. And we, and we fight with these things and we feel that we're unworthy. If you've been born again, you are worthy. You were blessed. You were anointed. You're his child. There to serve him and to love him. 1 John chapter 1 says this. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. So when we're with him, there is no darkness. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. 
if we walk in the light as he walks in the light, what we need to look for is how he walks and walk in the same way. We need to imitate the Lord Jesus Christ and he will help us to grow into the people that he wants us to be. Last verse. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. 1 Corinthians 1.21 says, For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believed. We should not avoid speaking out. We should not find excuses for not being open. We should not let fear stop us. But fear is important. I look both ways before crossing the road. Is there anybody so full of faith that they never look both ways before crossing the road? Faith isn't about doing, taking reckless, silly things on. It's about weighing up what's going on and still stepping out in faith. It's about understanding what God wants us to do and obediently doing it, following him, trusting him, knowing that he is there for us. For Christians, it's such a joyful thing to have the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon us. 